gentlemen to the eighth episode of the valorant show i'm your host taylor reflections noble joined by troy tuttle aka too loud and we are back and it feels so so good we've been getting great reviews and we appreciate you out there but troy it's it's good to be back to talk some more valorant with you man yeah well you you said you were gonna introduce me third this week haha <laughs> jokes on you no guest so i can't <laughs> the listeners get introduced didn't know third. that come on why you gotta make me the bad guy off the rip Every episode. Every episode. <laughs> no, but it has, it's been awesome, man. What a good week. Um, we got a huge update, a lot of Valorant news. We got the T1 tournament going on. We've been watching that. A lot of Valorant happening in our lives. And, dude, like every time I jump on YouTube, I obviously, you know, the, the old, you know, advertisements that, that go towards you. But I mean, I'm seeing a Valorant like uh, advertisement when I'm like during work, yeah. you know, like maybe I go jump to see something or I'm doing research on something. And I'm like, I just want to play more Valorant, Taylor. I just want to. It makes me just want to play more Valorant. Yeah, I can't lie. I've been playing Valorant nonstop. I mean, it's it's pretty typical from the beta. Now we transferred over, obviously, to the game being fully out. I've been playing a ton of Valorant. I've been watching a ton of Valorant. And I've kind of been digesting all of the new things, right? Because, you know, we, let's be honest with ourselves. Everything is still very, very new when it comes to Valorant. We'll st we are still learning uh, new jump-up spots, new hop-ups, right? New wall bangs and yep. just new yep. ways to kind of integrate abilities with each different agent and new team. There's just, it just seriously, it goes on and on and on. So right now, everything is fresh and I love just expanding my knowledge on this game. Uh, but I was just thinking today, man. I was like, you know, I really, really love Valorant. I truly do. And uh, I haven't felt that way since, honestly, Fortnite, whenever it was first released. So it's nice to have a new game that's kind of taken the reins and given me new passion in the gaming world. I agree. Uh, the thing that I, I wonder about, though, is like, will there ever be that game that stays as, as much of, you know, a part of my desire and heart as, as Valorant has right now and that Fortnite did? You know what I mean? Like, uh, my, like... Will I will I end up losing the fire for Valorant? You know, like mm. I like I did for Fortnite. How many like what changes will it be? When will that happen? I mean, it took three years for Fortnite to kind of trickle down for me, where I didn't have to play it every day. But man, right now I don't know when that end for Valorant's gonna come. Not anytime soon, at least. Yeah, I, you know, for me, the the difference between Fortnite and Valorant is. You're good at there's it. There's going to be well, no. There's going to be changes that are going to be taking. <laughs> there's going to be you know changes that are going to be taking place, but it's focused more so on the esports you know aspect of things. And Fortnite necessarily, it, I mean, it's really not right. You have your core competitive scene, and it's still great, and it still is thriving. But uh, I, I just wasn't happy over time with how the developers kind of put competitive to the side. That was very apparent. Now they're starting to take it more seriously. But it's after I've kind of, you know, kind of given up on it, if you will, and moved over towards Valorant. So for me, if Valorant continues to focus on the esports side of things, I, I'm never going to lose a love for it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think that's probably definitely how I feel about it, too. I mean, I played League, I've said before, I think, for, you know, three to five years. I don't even remember how long it was. It was a long time that I played League when it first came out. And, and that was the only game I played. And I loved uh, being just involved uh, with that game and the community and everything else. And with Valorant's even more. And, you know, we're not the only ones that are obviously loving Valorant. Uh, every week we have people listening to the show. They're leaving their comments. And, uh, you know, let's jump into a little bit of their, what, what they had to say this week and ask the Asians. Ah, so much learned this day. A victory on many fronts. So, yes, 
as I said, we can't get enough Valorant. And I'm glad you guys that are listening can't get enough Valorant that you want to listen to the show. So first off, thank you. Like Taylor said at the beginning of the show, you guys are making this show a success. And we really do appreciate it. Keep sharing it with your friends. Keep tweeting us. Keep uh, sending out emails. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and this week, we have a couple shout-outs to give. First one, Mythic Helm. Taylor, he said, solid all around. Great content, great host, fun to listen to each week. Keep it up. Maybe discuss all the pistols and when you think they are about to be, vi- or when they are viable to buy. That's a good, that's a great topic. It is. Well, you know what? We, we actually covered that, I, I do believe, uh, at least in our first, one of our first episodes that we did in the Save or Spend section, at least we discussed like, you know, when is it okay to fully buy? And, I, you know, we obviously discussed, all right, you know, at the beginning, whenever it comes to the, the first or second round, um, when is it viable to buy it? Honestly, when is it when is it viable to just keep with the pistol? And obviously, there's there's a lot of different options. I am, uh, you know, as the game has developed, whether it be unrated or ranked, even in competitive, I am seeing a lot more use of the classic instead of just opting to buy a ghost off the rip. Um, and the reason why, obviously, you you save yourself 500 credits. That's how much your ghost costs. You know, your frenzy is 400. You can go down. Uh, and continue to go up or go down. Obviously, the 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 biggest one being the um, uh, the sheriff, which I believe yeah. is six hundred eight, or eight hundred. Eight hundred. Yeah. So, I, I, and that's too expensive yeah. off off the rip. It's too much. Yeah, investment. I agree with you. Um, I mean, so it really just depends on your play. Well, this is going to be a huge discussion we could talk about for quite a while. Um, but not to get too hung up, I, I would say like it definitely changes by map for me. Number one. It definitely mm. changes whether I'm on offense or defense. So, for instance, I'll tell you on Ascent, me and you typically like cover A a lot. And when we're playing yep. on defense, um, I like to not get a ghost the first round because I like to have that molly in case they push us on A. I can throw yeah, the molly style, and yeah. slow them down, right, as Brim. Sure. So, uh, or incendiary for everybody, that the technical term yep. for the actual yep. ability. But yeah, like uh, I, so, I think it just depends. It it just depends. You got to figure out your place out, and also Taylor, what we can talk about sometime is how it depends on your team comp and who That's you're true, playing yeah. with, and and That's how that true. comes around. We have people on our team that sometimes pick up a shoddy, right? They they pick up a shorty occasionally. Some that pick up ghosts. Some that only use the classic. Right. So yeah. it just it just depends. And uh, I think that's great. It's a great topic. Mythic Helm uh, is, for us yeah. to definitely elaborate on at another time. But hey, we also got another one from Ray Taylor. Why don't you why don't you tell everybody what Ray had to say? Yeah, I was really happy with Ray's comment. Uh, ended up coming through saying best Valorant podcast. I love your podcast so much. I watch them as soon as they are released. I was rewatching episode seven and after playing with Phantom, I think that it is the better gun. Remember, we asked that question. He says, I love you guys. Keep up the quality content. Even added a heart at the end. Hey, Ray, you're awesome. We love you too. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening. And uh, obviously taking that discussion we had to heart. We, we, t- we, you know, we kind of talked, is the Phantom better than the Vandal? Because some new stats came out and it obviously at least lean towards the phantom uh which is funny because i was using the phantom but now i switch back over towards the vandal Me i don't too. know what it is i don't know what it is man but the vandal feels better now than the phantom but i have also been seeing discussions on reddit about how the phantom is better whenever you're going on a full you know aggro attack and uh, the vandal is better whenever you're sitting be right because then you can kind of cover your corners a lot yeah. better and then you can get that one tap headshot so now i'm starting to see that one or the other just like in csgo it's all situational yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I, after playing with it quite a bit over the past week and a half, definitely you can see that the spray pattern is easy to control in the Phantom. Like, that's the obvious easy thing. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, man. For some reason, the, the Vandal's been feeling great. But hey, Ray, if, 
if the uh, Phantom's working for you, man, keep using it and keep telling us how much you, you know, other things you learn in the game. Tell us, keep sharing yeah. with us. We love it, Ray. Everybody out there, if you if you want to you want to shout out, make sure you leave a review. Uh, go ahead and send us an email if you want to over at thevalentshow at gmail.com. But yeah, we really do appreciate the support. We hope you guys know that we kick off the show each week hollering, per se, hollering at the agents, talking to the agents, asking the agents each week uh, because you guys are the core to what we do here each and every week. And uh, if it wasn't without you guys, we wouldn't have a podcast. So That's yeah. true. Sure. It warms my heart. It really does. Every time I, I look, I, I'm clinical with it. I get on, I get on the iTunes and I look, do we have a fresh comment? Do we have a new comment? I'm not going to lie. I'm always looking every time that I see a new comment come through. I'm like, man, all right, we're doing something right. And even if we're doing something wrong and they let us know, Hey, I'm okay with that. But mythic Helm Ray, Me thank too. you so much for leaving your review and uh, rating and honestly bringing up those topics. Those are fantastic. And I think the the pistol discussion discussion, mythic Helm is something we're going to add on our next episode. Absolutely. We will discuss that and uh, go in more depth with it either way a lot is changing in the valorant world that includes patch 1.02 so let's go ahead and get into our weekly news and run it back yeah let's bring it back so i mean you know not the biggest uh patch notes coming through but still patch notes nonetheless and that includes a a buff and nerf if you will towards viper that's been the biggest talk and i will say viper now is a lot more useful and the biggest reason as to why she is so useful is because of the one way uh smoke if we will the one way poison now what do i mean by this if she goes out and she throws out her poison cloud or her poison orb, right? So basically that allows, it's essentially just a cloud of poison, right? Um, and it blocks sight. Much like any of the smokes, you can look at it from the brimstone smoke. You can look at it from omen smoke as well or blind. But essentially a one way is where you, uh, you know, strategically place your poison orb at a location you then emit the poison from it and it creates this sphere of uh, smoke right or this sphere of poison and you can see underneath it now that's really important let's say if you're playing on bind and you have the area you know obviously showers right that's over on the, the a location if you back up if you place your poison orb above the shower door you back up you can see the feet of the people who are uh, pressing in through showers but they can't see you because you're too far out of sight so that's why they call it a one-way right so we're seeing a lot more vipers being used in that regard and not to mention too her toxic screen got the biggest change because now instead of getting cut off at walls it's going through them so now the screen is more consistent and it allows for better coverage for your teams to rotate or just block line of sights in general we're seeing a lot more viper play and it makes sense yeah it definitely does make sense we also you know with the snake bite changes however for everybody that doesn't know don't worry about the snake bite because actually the damage uh because it's doing more damage now as the actual damage it actually was given a nerf for the overall damage with fragile which is like this debuff that they added to it so they did add a debuff to it called fragile um but long story short it evens out so there, there's there's been quite a bit the thing that's interesting to me yeah. about viper uh, before we get off of her and talking about her changes that came this time, is that at the end of the beta, she was viewed at like this really high skill level player. It yep, is like absolutely. only the best players were playing her in tournaments. We were seeing it yeah, occasionally. Tens, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, the full release came out and we saw that drop off. And yep. I wonder, Taylor, what, what, what's the re what, what was it between beta and the final release that just made her not important anymore that people seem to say like oh wait a second she's not as powerful as we thought she was 
Well, the biggest talking point, and we can even go back to whenever we had Esports Doug on, right? One of the commentators for the Valorant scene as of recently. And uh, there was a lot of FPS drop whenever you were using her ult. And, uh, well, not even ult, right? The biggest thing actually was a toxic screen. You know, you, you kind of push that through and then you would have major FPS issues. This not only affects the enemy team, but also your team as well. So it wasn't as usable. Plus the ult wasn't, it was a very selfish ult and it was very situational and it really didn't help anybody else out on your team. So we weren't seeing her used as much. But I think now the one ways, more so than the ult, more so than anything else, the poison orb is the most important aspect plus the wall right that she emits so overall those changes made her much uh, much more viable and her poison too is great we're seeing a lot of new smokes being added new smoke placements and now there's we're starting to see those smokes get stacked with uh as you said you of course your incendiary right from your brimstone you place that out in the yeah. smoke you try to pass yeah. through that smoke you get burned up right and you have to, you're forced to back up same thing with poison as well so i think she's a lot more usable but more changes did in fact take place, and this includes uh, this includes Phoenix Salt, right? His run it back, where you essentially turn into a new Phoenix, and now you do in fact count that as a kill. Or more importantly, if you're a Reina player, you can now grab that run it back. If you take him down, take down the ultimate, if you will, you can now take that life uh, orb, um, and you can take that and obviously heal yourself, or you can use it to get away from a situation and reposition yourself. That's pretty big. And uh, also, too, Jet now refreshes her knives when used on Phoenix's run it back ultimate. That's pretty cool because before it would just waste the knives of Jet. Now she will get those back, making it much more useful as an ultimate. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting, right? That how one player's ability is kind of affecting maybe the usage of other players, right? For instance, you know, you have Jets and they're getting, if you have a Phoenix on the other team and they're getting that kill, there's the risk there that they could die, but they were getting no credit for that. Right. And so I thought it was really interesting that we saw this change. I think it's the right change for the game. Um, and this is one of those changes where you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that because I don't really play those those agents very much. Right. But I'm really happy for the balance of the game that this came in play. Yeah, I am, too, because like you said, there was no benefit to killing right or eliminating uh, Phoenix's ult. There just wasn't. And I said, honestly, I would just run away because I'm like, why am I going to challenge this? There's no benefit. And there still isn't because I'm a breach main. So if I do take him out, what's the point? But now if you do play Jet or Reyna, which by the way, Reyna has been seeing a ton of use and it makes sense. Um, there is a reason to potentially challenge, let's say you're low in health or whatever. So with that being said, I love, and sometimes you don't have a choice, right? You have to take out Phoenix's ult and no, now yeah. you will get something back. Um, now, really cool stuff that also took place is in fact obviously ranked mode ranked mode came in we love it we've been playing it non-stop no competitive mode you ended up uh placing gold me i was silver I, three. gold two actually yeah gold okay excuse me gold two but i'm silver three hey, hey, i, I went up to gold one drop back down hey no you absolutely do you got to take those w's man but hey we're playing better than we did in the beta, so that's an improvement. But I got to say, I'm happy with the rank mode as it is. We were worried about the server issues. We were worried about dropping out. Um, but it seems like those issues have been fixed. I haven't noticed them. I have heard from some of my competitive friends that do play this game that they still are having some server issues. Me personally, I haven't been affected. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about hit registration maybe a little bit later because I know that's been an issue. But competitive mode seems pretty solid. Yeah, it, it is fun to be out. I think there might be some hit reg stuff still. We are not sure. Yeah, no, there we, definitely we feel like is, we've, 100%. we've seen it. Um, 100%. And, you know, definitely the, the community's kind of talked a little about it. But was it ready? I said, you know, I wasn't ready for it to come out. You know, I, I had my spiel about how the game wasn't ready. However, 
God, is it fun. Holy cow, yeah. man. Like competitive mode versus unrated. There is a difference. Um, you know, even going and watching like the tournaments this weekend, watching the T1 tournament and seeing how pro players play and how they, you know, I mean, you, you can say, you know, I think this has also come from Fortnite, you know, and certain people taking techniques that are, you know, a little irate, maybe a little unpredictable, that type of situation. Same thing can happen in Valorant too, right? Like things are unpredictable. Some players can do things you'd be like, why would you even do that? It's just a stupid sure. thing to do, but it caught you off guard and killed you. So maybe it's not a stupid thing to do, right? Like you, you have that, but I feel like definitely if you want to get the core experience of what Valorant was meant to be, man, competitive does a really good job of that right now. And I, I'm really enjoying it as well. Yeah, I'm happy with it, and uh, I got to say, I'm already playing better. We're playing better, and that's awesome, right? Because we're improving, we're doing our research, and we're making it happen. You obviously still, yeah, I would say relatively new mouse and keyboard to place higher than me. It kind of stings. I'm not going to lie, man, because I've been playing uh, you know, mouse and keyboard for a while now. You just come in and just take it over anyways. It's whatever, man. But hey, yeah, I will I mean say this. Hey, look, we have been having some games where we've been struggling, though. That's without there, question. It's true. But the new forfeit, the new forfeit button is a godsend. Oh my goodness, forfeit is fantastic because when you are getting smacked, and it happens to all of us, maybe not T1 or TSM or you know right. 100 Thieves or any of them, but it happens to all of us. That forfeit is fantastic. And also, too, to round it off, the map changes were uh, pretty noticeable and pretty great now. The map does feel a little bit less claustrophobic. We've seen uh, some boxes removed, some boxes added on, which gives you some additional coverage. And uh, for the most part, I will say I am uh, pretty happy. For me, I do like that uh, that sewers fight, especially on uh, on Haven because I love to push that on A right that that sewer is onto the top portion of A so now that's more yeah. open which allows me to kind of gauge what opponents are around the area a little bit more easily uh, but that can be applied also to showers on bind and even on ascent as well all maps kind of got to change yeah I, I like the fact that they're kind of looking at corners and not every corner has to be a corner you can hide in right like creating some some differences in the map uh, really, and I, what I also like about this, Taylor, is think about this. Like, what if they did this per act? What if they changed up what corners and changed up items just Ooh, on the map? So we're not looking at necessarily like all new map changes. What we're looking yeah. at is small changes to the map, just like we've seen with other games progressing throughout that have been yeah. popular throughout the past couple of years. But we've never seen a game that had you know static maps like this where they went and just changed those every season. Ooh, that would be, you know what? I don't know if I like that, Troy. I'll be honest with you, because it's like everybody's going to get so used to the map and they're going to have set strats. Because right now with Valorant, it's much like CSGO, where you have set strats, set rotations, set points where, you know, you throw uh, your your Sova recon dart, right? Or, you, you know, obviously we were talking about Viper and her po poison orb. You have those set locations that are locked in place. And once those set strategies are there, it makes the game more competitive because it's all about who can master that set strategy more. Um, I would rather see more maps added as opposed to just simple map changes. But right now, I think it's absolutely necessary that they continue to tweak the maps and make them better, right? Because there are some changes that need to take place. And by adding in and removing some of those boxes does, in fact, make the map a little bit more, or uh, all four maps, really, less claustrophobic. And that was one of the biggest complaints, especially, right, Sh uh, Shroud was the most... Um, or not Shroud, but Summit was the most vocal on that, right? At the very beginning, he said, oh, you know, he comes from CSGO, and he was saying the maps were very claustrophobic. By opening them up now, not making those corners, as you said, corners, makes it a little bit better. But that's an interesting point. Who knows? You know, hey, guys, listeners, 
let us know. Do you want to see maybe what Troy said? Do you want to see more maps maybe uh, change as opposed to uh, maybe more maps being added? Obviously, yeah, I don't you know, know, but and the thing is, it doesn't have to be anything drastic. Like I'm not talking about like maybe changing bomb sites, which that would be an interesting take. But I'm I'm more so talking about. Uh, I'm more so talking about like these small corner t changes, right? Like, hey, this sure. season, like used to that corner, you could hide in this corner. You can't really hide in, right? And just changing up how the flow of the game. I think it also for viewers, right? If you if you put competitive players into a challenging situation, that's the best. That's the absolute best viewing experience you can create, right? Mm -hmm. Because really, you cre you create those moments, right? And I feel like. Sometimes a game like CS might get too stale because you know what rotations you're going to have. You know the, the typical guessing of like, okay, you're going to go this way or this way. You're going to have this strat or that strat, right? So I, I, that's why I think it would be really interesting. But yeah, I'm with you. Listeners, hey, tell us what you guys think. What kind of changes would you like to see? Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of changes and balances, I got to say a really good article came out from the Riot Dev Post. I encourage you all to go read it. Uh, if you want the quick link, you can actually go to the spike.gg. It'll be under news. It's called The Process of Balancing Valorant Explained. Uh, you can also view it on their official site with the Riot Dev Post. It's going to be on playvalorant.com. Regardless, though, they gave their philosophy as to how they go about balancing Valorant. And I will say it is a very technical read. It's a long read but an essential one if you are curious as to the thought process that the Valorant uh, game designers go through this was released by David Milk Cow Cole uh, he is in fact Valorant's game designer so go and read that it's a very lengthy article basically what it boils down to there is what they call a tactical cycle and uh, at least the order that it goes it has three steps you have your intel right where you gather all the intel that includes hard stats uh, in game what weapons are being used on this map in this location and, and at this time what you know what bombsite is seeing you know maybe more activity what agents are being used right and then you go to the planning process and that's basically the information that they've gathered from that intel. What is their plan? How do they want to go about executing a change or an implement, implementing right a nerf or a buff? And then you go to the execute stage, and then it has timing, ability, shooting, and, and all of that. And they kind of take a whole bunch of different processes because, let's face it, right, whenever it comes to Valorant, there's a lot more than just shooting. There's a lot more. You also have to balance out the map. You have to balance out the map in conjunction with not only shooting, but also with how the agents play. So there's a lot that goes into and it's a lot more complex than uh, maybe, you know, the average player would think it is. So with that yeah. being said, there's a whole process that goes into making these changes. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool article, especially if you're into game design at all. Go check it out. It is great. I mean, great work, obviously, done by our friends over at thespike.gg. Uh, but yeah, great article on the process of, of balancing Valorant and how they explain it. And if you're a nerd like us, it's a good read for sure. Uh, the other the the other thing that was really interesting that I saw reported on this week as well uh, was in regards to uh, this 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 no skin no price changes either, uh, and this was confirmed by Joe Lee. He's the revenue lead over at Valorant at the Right Games. And I, what I thought was so interesting about this one uh, was I kind of gave in an insight what we've talked about for the past few weeks. What I brought up, I think, more so probably than you, Taylor, over the past few weeks, which is the pricing around everything in the game. Yeah. Uh, and and I'll, I'll read a little insert here. He says, uh, Mr. Lee says, I think we're currently happy with the value offerings we have uh, across the gun skin bundles, the rotating store, and the battle pass. I'd also re-highlight that the battle pass is being, is, is, 
as being the best way for anyone to get a number of high-quality gun skins for a much lower price. And he goes on to kind of talk a little about it, but yeah, I mean, doesn't look like we're going to be getting any type of changes to the uh, monetization anytime Oof. soon, Taylor. Uh, so if you don't like those $70 bundles, uh, hold on tight because they look like they're going to continue coming. But you can be rest assured that if you spend your money in Valorant, that's going to be the way to get the skin. There will be no skin trading. There will be no other way to acquire these through a third-party resource. Yeah, uh, that's tough. Well, you know, that's good and tough at the same time. Skin trading, there, it opens up the door for a lot of scrutinization, if you will, right? You look at the CSGO, you know, skin trading, you know, the gambling sites, if you will, things like that. Um, but I mean, it is cool if you look at, you know, like, for example, Steam, right? With the Steam Marketplace, then it kind of adds like a bartering and trading and it does mm. add a little bit more value to the Valorant skins themselves. Um, but with that being said, I guess it's cool. I Still, I want to see the prices go down, but I will say, I actually do appreciate this because I haven't been spending as much money on these skins. And for me, that's a great thing. I've been saving more money. So, hey, keep the prices up and I'm not going to be buying them. That doesn't mean that I hate them because I absolutely love them and I want to buy them. But, hey, I got to save my bankroll and I've been doing it. I'm proud of myself. Hey, yeah. I'm proud well, of would myself. You, would, you, would you buy out of the Prism Pack this past week? Nothing. Nothing. I haven't bought anything from the Prism. I'm telling you, I've been good. Are you, you going to give in? Good. Are you going to do I'm not. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give in. The only thing that I might do is uh, actually, you know, if I was going to buy anything, I would buy the Prism Knife. And the only reason why is because it's smaller than the sword that I have, right, from the Sovereign Collection. So I would buy the Prism Knife just to have it more low profile, just a cleaner, more, you know, aesthetic look. But I mean, hey, with the Prism Collection, it's cool. I love the skin. It's It's super clean. But you can't upgrade any of them, and there's no real benefit. There's no, you know, uh, kill animation that you get from them. There's no, you know, shiny reload animations, right? It's just a clean skin. So it's like it's just a reskin of the of the black skin that they already have. So it's cool. I had it in beta, but I think I already got my fill with it in beta. Now, you know, there's no reason kind of to have it at this point. We'll see over time if I do get bored of the skins that I do have. But I haven't bought anything. I'll be honest. Well, sh 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 shout out to the man himself, Ray. You know, from our reviews, as the agents using the Phantom, I had to pick up the Phantom Prison skin. Mm. So, I, Ray, did you pick up that skin, by the way, for using the Phantom? But yeah, I did pick up the Phantom skin. Uh, you know, we had, you know, uh, I didn't feel the need to go get the Spectre skin or the Ghost skin or the knife because I already have those on some of the other collections. I feel like they're, I like them a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, however, we did get an Operator skin, which I think is the first bundled Operator skin we have since release of the official release. Um, but dude, I'm waiting on that Reaver skin, bro. You know, remember the black yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, the Reaver yeah, was nice. The, the Reaver, Reaver one, nice. that's the one, that's the one yes. I'm waiting on. Uh, it's yes. got the really cool reload where you like throw them in, you know, mm -hmm. you throw the bullets mm -hmm. in. I'm wait, I'm waiting for that skin pack. I, I have a feeling that might be next since we just saw the first recycled yeah. Prism collection. Um, I would buy the Reaver, yeah. Reaver skin collection. I would buy that. Hands the down. whole collection again? The whole collection. I would buy it all. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it, it, pretty, it's, it's clean. Pretty, pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty clean. good. Well, in the last section of Run It Back, let's go ahead and talk about it. Just very quickly, uh, in-game reports in regards to reported players is in the works. So basically, if you guys go in, you make a report on somebody. Hey, 
They uh, they may have left early. Maybe they're not helping you out. Maybe they're saying some questionable things in chat. Uh, there is now going to be, or at least it's in the works to add in a reviewing process. So whenever you do log in, you'll be able to see uh, how many steps have been taken in order to uh, potentially resolve that issue, resolve that complaint. That's cool because I know as of right now, sometimes game chat can be pretty questionable. I know uh, Alex Mendes, Golden Boy, he was even saying himself, like by the time when he enters in a game, chat sometimes and voice communications can be so toxic. He's just to the point where he just mutes it almost immediately. And that was a new addition, by the way, that was added with 1.02 that we didn't necessarily discuss it was under quality of life updates was the fact that mm. uh you can actually mute chat at this point in time because before you can mute the voice cons but not the chat now you can do both so that's awesome ggs to valorant or at least a valorant team love it that they're listening to the community that's fantastic uh but either way that pretty much wraps up run it back weekly news but our featured topics are right around the corner so let's go ahead and head in to our main topics Pay attention. I learned something. Think you can keep up? Who am I kidding? You know you can't keep up. So main topics. This week, first one is, hey, Taylor, as good as we thought we were, as good as we thought we got, <laughs> we're not this good. T1 Food got into the Radiant Rake just 18 hours after release. So That's our sad. man... Victor Food Wong, I believe it is, uh, achieved uh, it after 18 hours of it being out. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I, I I don't know, man. Radiant players already? Like, jeez, bro. I know. I know. Well, he's not the only one, right? We also saw Vac. He was an ex-pro PUBG player. He's the first one in EU to receive Radiant. Fun fact, though, this actually happened uh, last week. I was playing in a random spike rush late at night, as you do, and because uh, you don't want to commit to you know a 40-minute game of, of course, unrated of or ranked. And you don't want to do solo rate. Come on, it, it's it's tough. But with that being said, though, uh, end up getting into a lobby, and I look at the names, and one of them is T1 Food. I'm like, surely not. How can I? Why would T1 Food first of all be in a spike rush and be? How am I in his elo? I guess there is no elo whenever it comes to spike rush. But I end up going to a stream. Lo and behold, it was T1 Food, and uh, it was pretty much solidified that that was the real one, anyways, because first round he picks up an ace, and our team didn't even die. I want to point that out, by the way. All five of our team was still alive. He just went through the map and rotated and ended up getting an ace. I was absolutely dumbfounded. So T1 food being on T1, it makes sense. I ended up telling Bucket about it. And he was like, yeah, well, hey, must have been the real guy. And it was. But either way, first one for NA. Congratulations to him. Because in beta, the first one to reach Valorant, which was now, or I guess is now Radiant, right? The highest ranked was Tens. So I thought he would be in the running. But food ended up snatching that from under his feet, but shout out to Food as well as Vac, first Radiant players. One day, maybe we'll be there. What does what does that mean though? What do you think it means? Does it mean anything for you to be the first? I mean, besides you know the, I guess the recognition of prestige. it. But like, is is there is it really evident that this player is you know that he's just food so much better than everybody out there? I mean, you know, until there's a leaderboard added, right? We're not going to know because the leaderboard is going to mm, be imperative yeah. to be added. And I think that was in talks, especially after. Uh, the beta, right? I think the Valorant team did, in fact, uh, at least during a, a Q&A. Actually, they, they 100% did. When uh, ESPN and Esports ended up doing a great section before the release of Valorant. And one of the questions they had was leaderboard. And it was confirmed that that's something they are looking into. Obviously, they're going to need kind of the infrastructure for that. They're going to need rank to kind of be a little bit more established before we start seeing that leaderboard come into play. But once you reach Radiant, you don't gain anything other than a better ELO. And what's the point of that, right? I mean, it, it really is no point. So other than, you know, longer queues, 30-minute queues, right? So whenever it does come to Radiant, 
it's just a prestige of being there. And I think it's something that, you know, your top level players on TSM, you know, T1 Sentinels, any of the pros currently competing, it's just a title that they're like, hey, I'm going to reach this. And honestly, for them, it's probably pretty easy, especially if they five stack with, you know, notable pros and, and streamers. So for them, it's just a title that they get just to just to show off. That's all ranked is anyways, is just to show off. Yeah. Rank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Because <laughs> it's not I mean- going to make you go pro. No, it's definitely not going to make you go pro. But if you do probably have a consistent radiant rake, you're going to be getting looked at by some of the teams or some you of the could. minor teams. A lot of p- people could. might pick you up. Um, but, you know, talk about picking up players. Like, we've had a bunch of new rosters oh, kind of come together this week. Uh, we got some announcements out of FaZe, some announcements out of 100T. Uh, we got Vodafone Giants entering into the the crazy Valorant scene as well. Uh, if you don't know much about them, they did come from the the Counter-Strike world. Uh, Call of Duty, they've been in FIFA, Fortnite, Rainbow Six Siege. So they've been involved around Vodafone uh, Giants. With it. But like the craziest thing to me is we're still getting these big-name teams, right? The 100T, the FaZe. Just putting the rosters together, you would think some of these teams that already have it already know who the top players they want. But some of these players, Taylor, are also new players to the scene. Some that aren't just coming out out of yeah. you know out of the CS scene and at the top. Yeah, you know, and I mean, you look no further than 100 Thieves, right? We talked about it in a previous episode. Hiko obviously being added on to 100T as uh, the team captain, and we were kind of curious who is going to be. Uh, you know, the full five stack. Who's going to be on his team? Who are the four players they pick up? Um, and funny enough, they actually ended up picking up High Ground. High Ground was a team that was competing uh, in previous Valorant tournaments, uh, not only in beta, but also whenever the game was fully released. They had uh, some good prestige. And uh, now they do pick up Venerated, your boy Dre, uh, Valiate, as well as Pride. And uh, those are the members that, in fact, joined them. And they ended up playing in the T1 tournament. Um, but I will say... Um, at least whenever I was watching them uh, the other day, bit of a lackluster performance. They did not look good. And then I started seeing a very curious thing in chat. And I started seeing these hashtags, hashtag free Hiko. And I was like, well, why are they putting this in chat? Well, it turns out at least a rumor uh, going around the mill is uh, Hiko didn't actually pick or have a say in the four members that were picked up. They ba- essentially the, the manager of 100 Thieves or whoever is le- at least managing uh, the Valorant side of things said, hey, we're picking up high ground. This is going to be your next four members. So Hiko essentially got four members that he didn't even do research for. And the only thing that I can think of to justify why 100 Thieves would do this and not allow Hiko to take his time to pick players is because they were in a rush to compete in this T1 tournament. They were in a rush to uh, have a team, right, to play against some of the best in the world and really get their name out there. So with that being said, take that for what you will. Uh, They did have a better performance, at least pushing forward. But it is without question. They finished off with a 2-1 record, at least in the group stages. And uh, they ended up getting finished off a little bit earlier by Immortals, 13-12. I mean, hey, regardless, Immortals is just a beast of their own. But with that being said, though, it's pretty crazy that you bring on a team captain, Troy, and you don't even allow them to pick the teammates. Yeah, I mean, that's my thing. With this whole deal is like, he had this had to be the talks before he came. Like, hey, we're gonna find a team. Surely they did. They they you know they had already talked about how we're gonna find a team. What players are gonna come? He I can't imagine he didn't already have his eye on some people, especially being in you know being Hiko, being around the scene as long as he has. Uh, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I think there's probably some underlining things here, things we don't know about that happened in the scene. You know, that happened in the background uh, amongst a hundred T that I think definitely probably gave Hiko his assurance or you know made him happy i hope so if not 
You think we'll see a quick departure of Hiko from 100T? No, 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 no way. No way Hiko leaves. I mean, if anything, other members will leave before Hiko. Hiko's just too much of a mainstay. He has too much, you know, power behind him, if you will, as an influencer, as a streamer, and the pedigree, right, that Hiko brings to the Valorant scene. Um, he has become a staple name, really, in the household, right, whatever you think of. And a lot of that is a testament to what he was doing uh, during the beta, showing out the Cypher, uh, you know, of course, where where you place your Cypher spy cams and, and, and as well as tripwires and glitching through walls and going around the maps and really teaching the Valorant team like, hey, this is broken. This needs to be fixed. And that really helped elevate him to uh, kind of, you know, really reinvigorate, if you will, his streaming career. Because remember, he was a CSGO uh, pro prior to this. He had great moments. Uh, let's not forget that fantastic Hiko play that he ended up making in one of the tournament plays. He ended up doing it to Wardell not too long ago, by the way. Nastiest play on Ascent. Ended up snapping on Wardell, taking him down. Check it out. It's on Reddit. But that play was just insane. But yeah, you know, to your point, was discussed ahead of time. I don't know. But one thing is for certain, though, um, by the way, these are all rumors. We don't know 100%, you know, with certainty that this is, in fact, the case. And as we typically don't whenever it comes to team kind of moves, right, that's normally held behind closed doors. But if that's the case, that that's a pretty tough break. Either way, they did, in fact, struggle a little bit in the tournament. They did lose to FaZe Clan, which is, which is pretty funny, right, because FaZe is another team that made some changes and uh, yeah, some big changes, yeah. right? They ended up adding on Jason R., uh, which, by the way, that is great. He was a previous CSGO pro. He played on teams such um, as Splice as as well as Optic for a short stint. But the biggest pickup is Corey coming over from Overwatch. This man has a pedigree and a huge history of competitive gaming. Yeah, I think it's really crazy that we're seeing a mix of players from all over the, you know, all all different game types come and play Valorant and be on rosters. We got Fortnite players that have come over. We've got, you know, we've got CS players. We got Overwatch players. And it does definitely seem like everybody is giving people the chance to show themselves, not based on their pedigree before, but based on their Valorant understanding and how well they play Valorant. Uh, and that's and, and I think that's a really good thing for the scene. I think we both have sure. talked about how we organically wanted these teams to come together. We didn't want to see, you know, just people coming over all of a sudden from from C CSGO and just bringing their whole team over here. You know what I mean? So I am glad to to see a change. I'm also glad that you know maybe the skill set is a little different than than CS. Right? It's it right. doesn't fit maybe just those CS players. Uh, you got to have a little different play style uh, to to really to really feed here, but. Mentioning big things and things that are called out, putting Hiko on the spot. I got this little sound clip here, Taylor, from the T1 event this weekend. And I want to I wanna, I wanna show you this. Let's see how Hiko made it out of this No one, one has died just yet. The advantage slightly goes to 100 Thieves. Going to have a little bit of a roast inside of, hoop, or inside of Lamps, excuse me. Kohler's waiting on the outside. Venerator's going to do the thing. He's been doing this whole time and unlocking this game up. Valiant and Pride get two, leaving just Bjor and Asuna left alive, but they get themselves two kills as well. He's going to come up through a short, sending out Gary. Does Gary give him what he needs? Maybe it's going to be the grenade that actually locked down that kill, and Asuna gets it. Oh, and the wall's out. The wall's out. It just leaves Venerated by himself, and they actually have Hiko on the other side, and they get the kills. Immortals, I cannot believe it. Immortals have been able to lock this thing up and they're moving on to the next round. I mean, incredible calls, oh. obviously, by our mutual friend, Golden Boy there. Oh, I mean, man. the man is 
absolutely amazing. Hopefully you guys can feel the excitement uh, wherever you're listening, your headphones, your car, your speakers, wherever you are. Uh, but shout out to Golden Boy for the amazing call there. But oh, yeah. if you didn't catch it, that was Immortals clutching up 13-12 against 100T, leaving Hiko, the last man alive on bind, right behind A, coming out of bathrooms. He, they got the wall, the, the sage wall put up against them, right against the, uh, the, the lamps there, the little truck that comes out from lamps. Mm. But Taylor, what an amazing play. And if you are Hiko and you are in these moments of, hey, this, this team got put together and stuck me there and you're the last man standing, do you think this is going to cause some drama? Are we going to see something come from this? Or is Hiko going to suck it up? Is he going to just work through it and, and be the leader and captain that they asked him to come be? So, you know, I, I run another podcast called Reflections on Esports and I ended up discussing um this very topic and i you know i, I kind of question hiko with these shameless uh, plug four. everybody if you want to go listen it, that to is that is definitely a shameless plug i want to say reflections <laughs> on esports discuss all things esports released every tuesday and there friday itunes podbean as well as spotify please go uh check it out if you haven't already um uh, but you know i was very curious how hiko was going to fit into this roster given the fact that a lot of them are relatively young and hiko he's been on the main stage before playing csgo he's held trophies above his head right he's had so much success and pedigree and he's older let's not forget that right i do believe he's close to 30 if not 30 right so the point is i think he has a lot of experience and a lot of guidance mm-hmm. that he can give to these younger players and i hope he's going to do so and i don't want to see this 100 thieves roster break up because yes you played that moment and by the way fantastic work by golden boy as a commentator myself that moment he made that much like he did for the nifty clutch back in uh, 2013 whenever i was casting with them from umg atlanta if you haven't yep. seen that moment go check it out on youtube the nifty clutch he made that moment not me right so with that being said it was such a close game and that was the last round and immortals ended up taking that 13 12 victory right in in the lower bracket they ended up moving forward so with that being said, let's look at the results. 100 Thieves, they, lo- they lose to FaZe Clan 2-1. That, that's a tough loss, right? Because FaZe is not even playing with their full five-stack roster. The only two that right. were on there was, of course, uh, Jason and Corey. And if correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even think Corey was uh, even playing. No, he playing. was playing. No, he yeah, was playing in this. Okay, yeah. It was Jason who wasn't playing. Jason, so, yep. It, so it, it's Corey Depp, Zachary uh, Marved, as well as Psalm. Psalm actually coming in there, which is, which is pretty cool. Obviously, we know him from... Um, yep. A man from, song, uh, great dude. But uh, with that being said, you know, to be beat by a team that doesn't even have the five stack is is pretty tough. But 100 Thieves literally just got together. So maybe that's an excuse. But, I mean, down in the loser bracket, they did beat, you know, t- together we are terrific, 13-7. Um, not the biggest names on there, you know, not the biggest roster, if you will. I mean, you know, Mummy, Akis, FNS, Calypso, as well as Caboose. But I don't want to see this roster break up. It's only one tournament. It's only a short stint, Troy. I want to see them improve more and go forth and, and maybe prosper some more in the future. But what do you think? I mean, honestly, what's your opinions on it? Oh, man, I, I honestly don't know. I, I, I do hope he sticks around and helps them. I think it's a weird dynamic if it is for people that came out of nowhere and he got stuck with them. How do you how do you create that chemistry? Chemistry is such an important thing in esports. If you guys don't know, like to me, you can have a team that is literally, you know, just piled with skill, but if there's no team chemistry there, they can't get it to click. They can't get it to work. It doesn't matter how good you are, right? It doesn't matter how, you know, what type of coaching you're, you're going under. Um, if the players can't create the chemistry, create the friendship and be there together, they're never going to get past teams like FaZe and T1 that 
you know, they're known for creating great culture around their teams. They absolutely are. And, you know, I, I want to say this, guys, for you agents out there, for you listeners, I'm going to make it a point that whenever any of these competitive tournaments take place, and Troy also, he can attest for this, whenever they take place, we're going to give you the best coverage that we can, okay? And I want to make a point to sit there and watch the entire event and make time for whenever I can. Right now, the T1 tournament is still taking place. We know one team is in the grand finals. It's TSM. But on the release of this, you're already going to know the results. So hopefully we'll see. Will we have that TSM T1 rematch? Because actually, you watched the uh, the Wardell. And it was Wardell, right? Yeah. The interview? Yeah, and what did he say? Yeah. Yeah, he, he said he wanted T1 again. He, he, they wanted they wanted to smack him down again. It was <laughs> smack down was not the exact verbiage. He said, you know, like like take take them down again, I believe it was, or sure, put it on sure. them again, something like That's that. That's awesome. But yeah, That's he awesome. was definitely talking smack. If you don't guys don't if you don't watch Wardell, by the way, on TSM, go watch Wardell. He is an entertainer. He is a lot of fun. If you're looking for somebody to watch, like I can recommend him. Obviously, you know, there's a tons of players that we can recommend. But yeah, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's got that competitive nature, Taylor, and that's what I love to see is really, like, I want to see people get mad when they lose. I want to see the emotion, and I think that's kind of what's taken away from esports online versus esports at a big event is the cameras are able to capture those moments when the players get upset and they sit there with their hands in their face. They're crying. They're mad. They get up there. They leave the stage. Sure. However it is, those moments that we aren't able to get on these on these championship Sundays, those are the moments I can't wait to get back. Um, and Because in those moments, we're really going to see what happens to, you know, Hiko when he's loses a, a match 13-12, sure. being the last one stuck there with a brand new team. What is his emotion? That's what I want to see. Well, on the flip side, too, we get to see the emotion of uh, making a great play, making a great clutch, right? So with that being said, Wardell was making, I, I think he, whenever he was ended up playing uh, earlier against T1, right, he was uh, making those play calls, and, and I think he was like on split 10 and 10 and 3 at one point, and he was just sniping everyone nasty. he could get it his hands nasty. on. And he was getting nasty two and three pieces, Stuff like that, we would see the team pop off on stage, right? Stand up. And honestly, that would have more of a, a of a mental lapse, if you will, for the enemy team because they're seeing that hype. They're seeing the confidence. You can trash talk, and then all of a sudden, LAN events, it's just it's just different. As the gear scene says, LAN is different, and it well, absolutely when you, when is. When you can get up and scream across the stage yes. pointing like you do, like you see so many COD <laughs> clips and other things, uh -huh. just pointing oh, at the gears, other team. Too. At gears, Oof. right? And just yell. I mean, Gears is, is, is really where it's, you know, it's gotten really oh, crazy over the Lord. years, right? It's very, it. very passionate. And that's what I love. I want to see that passion, and I can't wait to see it in real life. But yeah, man, like, all these teams are coming together. We're so new to the scene, right? The scene is brand new. The games are brand new. Although it might be some players we know, um, just like other games throughout history, you're going to have those players that come out of nowhere and really captivate people. And that's what I'm most excited about as the Valorant esports scene continues to grow this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to keep you updated with all of the changes that are taking place. Like you mentioned before, Vodafone Giants announcing their Valorant roster, their solid hitbox, Yuri, Don Q, Star Wraith, and Fit. Can't wait to see how they're going to perform. This game is quickly becoming international, something we expected and something we're going to see moving forward. But we gave you the main topics. We gave you the run it back. We even featured you. Now it's time to give a little bit more back to you. Let's go ahead and move on to our tips and tricks, our save or spend half time if you saved spend it don't save a thing all right troy you told me last week was you this week is I have, me i, I see you got did. you got quite a one here on the uh, I wrote a paragraph i got it all right let's <laughs> let's hear let's hear let's hear your, your your tip and trick for this week i i wrote a paragraph so all right check this out 
This is going to be very specific. It's map specific, and it's about ascent. So if you guys, oh, don't this is know, what you've been practicing all, all this day. This is what I've been practicing ah, today. So okay, it was my yeah, own yeah, tip or yeah, trick, yeah. right? It's my own saver spin, but I'm all giving right, it back right. to you. So during the T1 tournament, when Ninja's team was playing, he was playing with Morgoth. If you don't know Morgoth, he actually uh, a very you know success. Well, I would say. At least a, a one-off event. He ended up winning. What was it? Pax Pax uh, West, right? Ended up taking like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. First Pax West. Yep. First Pax grand, West. Yep. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. After that, I, I don't know. We didn't really see much of him. But it seems like he's actually wanting to compete in Valorant. He ended up playing with Ninja's team, but he taught me a little something during this tournament. So on ascent, there is a hop-up location that gives you a better angle on a specific choke point. Now, the one that I'm going to be discussing is on A, and it's while you are on offense. So if you are pushing alpha while on offense, there's going to be a location that you can hop on. Now, of course, at the very beginning, you have to be quick with it. Because at the very beginning, you know, obviously you have the wall that comes up. It doesn't allow you to progress forward, right? We, we know this. It's like the little spawn shield, if you will. So you can't get an advantage over defense, can't get an advantage over offense. But once that shield goes down, you can push up and along the wall while you're pushing A, before you go through that doorway to enter where the orb is at, there's a bike that's on the ground. It's leaned up against the wall. If you jump on that bike right in front of you are going to be some crates, if you can time the jump properly, you can get on top of those crates, hop on top of another crate. There's like a little basket up there and you can look down and see the choke point where uh, defense is going to be peaking from, right? Because there's always someone that peaks on that choke point and they like to look at orb and they like to look at that little choke point, if you will, where offense likes to push through. But if you can time it right, get up there quick enough, you can usually get a quick pick. Now, once you do that, there's a cooldown, okay? I'm going to say that there should be a self-righteous cooldown. Once you get that, you know, that kill, that elimination, they're going to know you're going to be there. So switch it up. But you can at least use it maybe twice, maybe three times during your offensive side. Get an early pick and first bloods are critical in any title and very much so when it comes to Valorant to bring it down to that 5v4, which will help you push onto site. But that's my save or spend. You guys can also see this on YouTube. Look it up. And even if you viewed the T1 tournament, I'm sure there's clips as well under there. But it's a pretty cool one. Like you said, Troy, you saw me practicing earlier. It's a, it's a hard one to get, but once you get it, you're solid. I actually like uh, two things of this. I like that there is a risk reward. For instance, if you're trying to jump and make this a bunch, they're going to hear you, right? Like they're going to hear you keep t jumping up and down, trying to go from the bike to the boxes. I also like that it's not super easy. So it's not like, you know, one of those very obvious things that's right there, but it, it but you can get it. I actually saw this. I, I actually tried to jump off that bike about three or four days ago before this even became public. But I didn't know you could actually. Do, I tried and I, like two, two or three it's, times it's maybe, yeah. and I yeah. didn't get it. And I didn't even think about it. And then you're like, "Hey, this is actually a real thing." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it actually and I is a it thing." To, yeah. I, and I remember seeing yeah. it. Uh, but last week we talked. I believe it was last week. We talked a little bit about on the same map on ascent. If you're if you're going towards B, like yeah. uh, that you can actually stand up on the the wall, right? You can go in there and put Sage's wall on top of the the orb box, sure, and look yeah. through and and see it. And we talked a little about like the vertical, you know, verticality. Jeez, Louise, that's a, a hard one. word. Verticality. We got video on. I'm looking at him say that Jeez. word. By the way, he really is genuinely struggling. That's that is act. a tough word to say. <laughs> uh, verticality, yeah, my guy. <laughs> words are hard. Sorry, people. Uh, but yes, um, so I, I really do like that this does that, right? It creates that sense of vert ver verticality in the game. I'm about to ban uh, you from saying that word, Troy. 
Yeah, I know, but it it does it gives it gives you more of that, and, and you're and that really breaks up, I believe, the eye flow of the game, yep. which really makes it more competitive. Yeah, it's not just you know one dimensional on one plane, right? You have to now look up and you have to cover all angles. That's how the game is going to develop, and it's great. And we already kind of have that with Rays and Jet. I I, I cannot tell you how many times. I have seen a raise use their satchel charges and unrated and try to make an all-star play on Reddit only for me to gun them down. Or a jet try to dash straight into me while I have a Bucky or a judge and I just shoot them in the face and they're gone. Just be controlled with what you're doing. But as Troy says, verticality is a real thing and it's going to change up the game. And I love that we're seeing and finding these these new jump up spots. And it absolutely had to have been intentional, you would you would have to think, right? Obviously, with Satchel, with Omen, with Jet, you can get up there very easily. But the point is, with this jump-up spot, any agent you're running, you're able to access that. And for me, that's pretty awesome. Either way, that's my saver spin. You love to see it. Tell me if you use it. Tell me if you get some quick picks at the end. Well, but I'll way, use it whenever you're not on the map because you're going to use it and then not be able to allow me to use it at all. Cause, oh, know, whatever. If we're the... playing with Big Rig, he's going to block me from using it and take the spot himself. I came True. up with the idea and said, Big, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this jump up. He says, okay, I missed it once. Before I knew it, I couldn't get back to it because he was already jumping up. And I'm like, man, I was so mad. I wanted to quit the game right then and there. <laughs> but either way, he didn't pick up a kill, so I was able to get the kill the next round. So, Big, if you're listening, hey, man, that was grimy, I, bro. I didn't like it. If you're going to take our spot, get the kill at least, Big. Jesus. That's what I'm saying. Like, what are you doing, my guy? Don't give it away and then just die. Either way, that was the saver spin, and we're getting down to the end. So let's go ahead and move on to our final thoughts. Let's move in to Match Point. Match Point. Let's close up shop. We know more than we did before. Let's use that. So match point, the section where we talk about how we're going to get better this next week, what we want to work on, or, you know, just, just kind of our final thoughts for the week. Right now, we're learning a lot, Taylor, so we're still going through things that we're working on uh, as we go into the next week. I saw this week, you got, you got one that I'm actually going to steal from you, so I'll let you go first, oh. and then I'm going to steal it, all right? I thought you were going to steal it, so I was already thinking in my head, how am I going to reward this to, to mm. make it my own? Mm-hmm. All right, so I appreciate yeah. you handing it back. Uh, you know what? I got to play more passively on certain sites. Um, and this is something, you know, it's a bad habit that I'm learning to break. And it's because now I'm starting to play in gold and starting to play with, you know, some plat members and they're really teaching me. And as well as even just watching tournaments in general, being aggressive, isn't always the right play. And specifically Mm -hmm. when you're on uh, defense, you do not have to push every single fight. Now, let me explain. I will get very specific. When you are on bind, right, the map with the the teleports, if you guys don't know, when you're on bind, you're playing defense. As a breach player, I like to play over on B, right, where the tunnel is at. I like to lock down that site. And what I used to do is I used to hop into hookah, and I like to flash the boxes, uh, you know, just outside of that TP, outside of the teleport, right? And I like the flash boxes and then challenge and pick up a kill. Sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't. It's become very predictable. It's not the play to make anymore, specifically now that players know that you can also wall bang. So as you go to wall, uh, run back into hookah, you can get wall bang, the slowing effects takes place, and then you're down. So now what I'm doing is I'm actually not challenging hookah at all. I'm not even inside of hookah. What I'm really practicing and working on is I'll let the offensive team take hookah. I'll play behind tunnel where you plant that bomb onto B side, plant that spike, excuse me, onto B side, and I'll let them push through hookah. And then I'll use my flashes with breach. Then I'll use uh, my ground charge, right, to stun them or any utility that I have. And then I'll work on retaking that site with my team. And this is uh, applicable across all sites. 
basically I need to get better at retaking sites with my team. And instead of, you know, carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders, I need to now implement my team by playing more passively. So even though defense, I'm going to play more passively and take a step back. Yeah. And as I said, I'm doubling on that mat on that point this week on your match point, because it's the same thing I noticed in my play this week. Like, and, and sometimes we push through and there's no, you know, say for instance, on bind, right? We go to B and, and we push all the way through, through market and we're coming back around A. Like, that's not always the best rotation. Just because you're flanking somebody doesn't mean it's putting your team in the best position either, right? So really looking at those things, uh, trying to tell myself, like, I don't have to worry about getting the kill. It's more important not to take the death. Right. And I, and I think that's really kind of where my mindset is right now. It's just like, it's not necessarily I have to get the kill. It's that I don't want to die. Right. And I'm playing the game in that aspect right now that I don't want to die. Um, and so I, I think it really has put a new perspective for me on how I, you know, go towards whether or not I'm going to be more, more aggressive. Uh, I think you can also identify that right on the team you're playing after a couple of rounds. You can. But man, um, is it is it isn't it so different, Taylor, playing with platinum players versus it is it versus is. other levels it like lower levels of players because like, yeah. they they really have helped us. I mean, we ran into a couple of plat players that talked to us and told us what to do to try to help us get through 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 a match, and it really sure. is eye opening. It really is crazy, and uh, it is a different mindset as you guys go through this this competitive mode. Just keep in mind, be open to what other people are telling you, because man, I know I'm out here listening. I'm trying to figure out. And, and look, what my match point's going to be next week. Yeah, yeah. It's up to you next week, right? What's your match point going to be? And also, save or spin. I'm throwing it back to you. So next week, that's going to be your section to take. Either way, it is a, it is eye-opening playing with better players. It's one thing to, to watch tournaments and understand and digest what's taking place. It's another than to execute that plan of attack, right? And uh, you really do have to keep a lot. And, and honestly, sometimes you get tunnel vision, right? And you just want to push, push, push. That's not the best play. I'm sure you listeners are already on Diamond and you guys are already at Radiance. You know, you're looking at T1 Food and you're like, hey, they don't yeah, even need he got Radiant help. first. Yeah. He got Radiant first, but that's only because he streamed. I actually got it within the first three hours of ranked. Yeah. I get it. You guys are the best. But hey, you're learning with us, hopefully. And maybe we can even learn from you in the future if you leave a comment. Troy, either way, today's been a lot. We gave out a lot. And uh, I got to say, man, it's always great to talk Valorant, isn't it? It is. It's been a great, another great week, another great episode. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Make sure you guys leave a comment, leave a review, tell us what you like, tweet at us, Valorant Show on Twitter. Send us an email, thevalorantshow at gmail.com. And next week, we will see you guys there. Taylor, take us out of here. Hey, man, always great to have you. Thank you so much for joining us on the eighth episode of The Valorant Show. I'm your host, Taylor Reflections Noble, Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud. We hope to see you guys again on our next episode. Grab some water, refill those clips, and let's get back out there.